It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinion. I respect your opinions. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me, but in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. song i don't care what anyone says it's it's the best podcast intro song in the world don't, <laughs> care. don't care what anyone says yes guys i'm Sai. welcome to ace podcast nation welcome to rodri gigs on football we are here tonight for only 45 minutes but it's going to be 45 minutes of fun 45 minutes of non-stop brutally honest football opinions we are going to talk about the shambolic transfer window of Manchester United, the shambolic transfer window of Liverpool. Chelsea have just got their own rules. Man City want to travel and have spent another 200 million. What is going on? Is it end tonight? Is it end tonight? Is it end tonight? No, tomorrow. Tomorrow, 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 yeah. Um, We're still a couple of signings yet. We're still a couple of signings now. It's usually the last minute. I mean, I'll I'll tell you what. um, Someone just sent me something which I, I... I don't know, it's funny though. Um, so um just before we kind of crack on, we haven't got a super six update this week because uh Will's on holiday, on a well-deserved holiday, I must say. He does a lot of hard work for charity and uh can't begrudge you. No, know I got more than you again, so I, I don't believe that's that to be true. To that, so. Have you got any proof? Yeah, it's it's on my phone, super nah, six. Unfortunately, you're using your phone though, so you can't see it. So I'm not using it. If we can't, if we can't, if we can't, okay, right. Anyway, you froze, look like you're going to sneeze. So, right, there you go. But in fairness, mate, you did say you want to be 45 minutes. So, you know, I'm trying to be quick, you know, trying to to be quick for the people. Um, Have you froze? I don't know. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. That's fine. It'll catch up now. It's my computer's playing silly buggers. Um, So, basically, um, my brother. My brother is um, he's running uh, a thing and 
he's doing a charity run basically uh raising money for crohn's and colitis sufferers which obviously includes me because uh, i have crohn's disease as i've talked about before um so i wanted to bring attention to it i was meant to wear the t-shirt but as usual i forgot I got form for that. Just ask away day apparel. Actually got them on tonight. But there we go. Uh, but uh, if you'd like to, to donate or support the his run, then please do. I'll chuck uh, the link and everything in the description. Um, obviously, it's a, a, a disease and a charity, which is close to my heart. Uh, and I know um, a couple of people from who watch the podcast have already, already uh, donated. So I appreciate that massively, uh, you guys. And uh, yeah. I can't find the post, but uh, I will put the link up straight after the show. Uh, my computer is completely frozen, so we'll just crack on without that. Um, I am joined as ever by the one and only ex Salford City, ex Aberyst Swift Town, Mr. Roderick Giggs. How are you, my friend? You good? Oh, computer's frozen. Good start. Good start. Let's go. Switch over quick to the phone. Today has just been one long fucking disaster. <sighs> Fuck, you know. Just one long disaster. It's just one long disaster. Today, today is, is just. Today. Oh, right. Let me go in. Right, apologies for that. Not quite sure what uh, what happened, but my computer froze, so we'll switch to my phone for a bit. Where did I fre freeze to, mate? What what part was I on? Oh, mate, I got no sound. Today can just piss off, like to be quite honest. Right, give me a sec. Just talk, mate. Talk about um. Talk about the marvellous football that Cardiff City played this week while well, I saw this mic out. Oh, it's me that's muted. <laughs> <laughs> it was me that's muted. <laughs> Shambolic. No right. one playing outside. He started screaming, so I better mute that. Uh, uh, I couldn't see you scrambling and I seen the red button mute. I thought, shit. <laughs> I thought he was going insane then because he was on and it just wasn't working. Right. Yeah. We are here. I am joined by Rodri Giggs. I think we got that far. Um, I don't know what people heard, so yeah, I'm going to make it. I'll say it again. We've talked about me beating you in Super 6 again, but obviously you can't go into it because Will's not here. So, yeah, yeah moving swiftly on. Yeah, indeed. Um, my brother's doing a run for charity, raising money for Crohn's and colitis, um, which is obviously a charity, which is very important to me because i got Crohn's. Um, if people want to donate and stuff like that, I'll chuck the link up in the description and on social media. It's on my Facebook uh, afterwards. I know a few other lads who watch the podcast and the channel have already done so, so I appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, let's move on to the football because what that was, that that little two minutes or three minutes of internet problems was pretty much my day encapsulated because it's been a sh I had a puncher and all sorts. Right, mate, before we start on the football, I want you to think about this and then tell me at the end, what are the top five bands to come out of Manchester in your opinion? Okay, so we'll uh, we'll go back to that at the end. Plenty to choose from, but I'm interested in uh, in your take on it. All right. Manchester, Northwest. Manchester, like so. Yeah, I, I give you Northwest, but you know you can't have. The Beatles, for instance, because they're shit. Because <laughs> they're shite. Right. Yeah. Um, transfer windows going mental, mate. What I don't understand, and I still don't understand, and I will never understand, is United are bidding like two million loan fee for Amrabat because they can't find twenty-two million. Effectively, so I have got. A, I go through the reasons why in a minute. But then you've got Chelsea spent about literally, literally, like not even exaggerating, about one and a half to two billion in the last 12 months. And they're still signing players. They're signed this sign Cole Palmer from Manchester City for 45 million. You've got 
other teams have got money. Effectively, everybody, none got money. Like, you know, they're buying all these. They, they put Nottingham Forest put a bid in for Amrabat, which got accepted by Fiorentina, but he turned them down. So they've got money. They've spent money. But you for know, some reason... Happen, they don't want to put anything else more money in it. Well, do you right. That now? Do you understand that now? These these have rinsed the club dry and they're not going to put any of their own money in. These and people this is... who are coming in, that but, but, uh, Todd Bowley or whatever his name is, come in and properly invested. These have been here 20, 20 years, rinsing the club year in, year out. And there's nothing else to rinse. That's why we need to get rid. So this is why, even as someone who's not a United fan, right, I will not have a fan of any club stick up for the Glazers and say, oh, yeah, but they've spent money for United. They have never spent a penny of their own money. And this, so just for anyone who doesn't understand why a club of United size cannot spend any money, this is why. So Kieran Maguire, who is um, like a football finance expert, has put this thread up on Twitter and it says, um, some have contacted me, Ree, why United's FFP issues, given the Premier League limit, is a £105 million loss over three years. He says, that's not quite the case. The limit is £15 million plus up to £90 million in equity investment from the owners. So basically... You can have a loss as a football club, which is 15 million plus the invest. Uh, the owners can put in 90 million a year uh, over that three-year period to make up to 105 million pounds, which can be your loss, and then you can kind of effectively run your your spend as uh, as you want. The Glazer family have only put in zero million pounds in those three years, so the allowable loss that United have is 15 million so in order for them to navigate if you think how much they're paying out in interest and dividends to the glazers that's why they've got to sell players to buy players this is what people need to understand if manchester united was not in any debt they would outspend anyone because they earn (laughs) the most they have the biggest just they just they just have the biggest sponsorship deals. They they get they get a lot of money off that sponsorship from from TV. It's just not a massive amounts of much, but but the, the, then you've got these billionaires that are pay, spending billions. Yeah, it's so, outrageous, mate. Absolutely outrageous because what you get is you get a club the size of United who can't, and we're not talking. You know, they can't find. 100 million to buy Declan Rice or 200 million to bid for Mbappe. You're talking 20. Fiorentina have said this week that they would accept 18 million pounds, so about 20 million, 22 million euro. 18 million pound player, and United cannot afford to do it as a deal. They'll do it, but they'll just take it like it'll just drag it out. It's gonna be a last minute deal. It's just pathetic. It's just well, so, you see, so, bad, so badly run. The did you see the offer they put in? Stadium's falling to pieces as well. It's, it's uh, the, the training grounds. There's leaks in the roof in the stadium. They placed a bid for uh, Amrabat yesterday night, uh, which was a £2 million loan fee, which was split. So even the £2 million for the loan fee was split into three payments. And people question then why... Like United fans are so angry with the Glazers, and why football fans generally were like so against that type of ownership. United had a two million pound loan fee for Amrabat last night, and they had to split it over three payments. It just it's outrageous, mate. And look, I'm not saying that on the other side of things, the transfer choices they have made have been the right ones over the last few years because they've obviously made a lot of mistakes, and even this year. You'd question whether did they need a player like Mason Mount or did they need a player like Amrabat more? And I think you know the answer is probably could you have spent that sixty million on Mason Mount? Could you have spent forty million on Madison and twenty million on uh, Amrabat and your squad looks better? I think that's fair. And look, Mason Mount, I think will go on and have a good career at United, but it's those type of decisions which I think sometimes. I don't think you. I don't think you will. I've seen, I've seen so many, so many players 
come over the years. Come and there's no guarantees, and, is there? No, no there's no guarantees. But I, I don't. I, what I've seen, it's not been a good start for him. It's not been a good start. And what I've seen over the years, and I've been watching it a long time now. Mm. Players don't really have a good start. It just it just it seems to continue that way. Who can you think like, of? Who it doesn't, doesn't, but you know, like, it's not. Because it just looks ordinary, it just looks, you know. Yeah, I think it's like he's only played three games in the like in the league. I think um, what's interesting is off the top of your head, how many United players signings over the years can you think of who got off to a bad start but it ultimately came good? Um, so I'd say Aaron Wambasaka is one, I would say Berbatov didn't start particularly well, but then went on and did quite well for United. Patrice Evra obviously got hooked at half time, but that was like one game. Like I'm thinking more of like a prolonged period of a few games. Um or well, Harry Maguire obviously got off to a rocky start and now is the best centre back in world football. There's obviously that one. Um but there's yeah, like is it there's yeah, De Gea is a good shout actually from Reese there. He made a lot of mistakes early on and then came good ultimately. Well, that was coaching as well, though. He, he was, he, and he was still susceptible to crosses, even now. So, but that was his weak link. But he was, he was. If you look to look at him when he come, he was very slight. Even though he's still slight, but he was really slight. And you, you got people, managers like um, Sam Allardyce, who would expose that. So. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not a long list, mate. And I think yeah. the players when they come in, they hit the ground running. You know, um, when they don't, you know, help them run. So uh, another thing, which uh, it's not I was going to tell you this message I just got sent about a half hour ago. So someone, uh, one of my mates, uh, who's like a sort of football journalist type media guy. Up towards the northwest way, uh, text me and said that United are trying to get Regulon from, oh, he's Regulon from Spurs. He's a left back. Is doing a medical, or is about you know he's got a medical booked in. Um, they're trying to get Amrabat on loan and then buy him at the end of the season, and they're also trying to get a striker in, which will also be a loan. And I was like, like. I just, I just it boggles my mind, mate. Because they put because they they turned down that money, didn't they, from West Ham for McTominay? What was it, thirty million? And I understand why. I think they. So in the cold light of day, Scott McTominay, I think, is worth forty million with his experience, his international experience, his quality. I think he's much better than what some people will give give him credit for. But in the situation that United are in needing a centre-back and a, and a, a centre-midfielder. Like, I just think they, they should have taken that 30 million. They just should have, like, because now they're stuck with McTominay. You, you don't know the backstory, mate. They might, they might yeah. have accepted it and, and the player didn't want to go. So, yeah. But I mean, uh, it was weird. They didn't want to go, so... So you've got McTominay who's not getting a look-in from the manager. He's not coming on. He's not, you know, he's just sat on the bench. You've got Maguire, who they can't really sell now because ultimately if they sell him, they haven't got enough time to bring anyone in. So he's stuck there for the season. Is he going to throw his toys out of the pram? And is he going to be a problem in the dressing room? It's, it's wild. Like, so you, like you've got McTominay on the bench. The manager doesn't fancy him. He's not going to play. You've got Maguire. They can't really sell now with this, like a day left because they haven't got enough time to get someone else in. Varane is injured, so Lindelof's going to play alongside Martinez. No Shaw, so you're looking at like Johnny Evans or Maguire as the substitute defenders, unless they go with one of the youngsters. And it's suddenly become a bit shambolic. Like, and also then, like Harry Maguire is in the England squad, but you've got Gareth Southgate caveat in that with we've got a lot of young players in the squad for this this training camp. So how that's why Harry Maguire's in there. So it's almost like he's saying, you know, if if there was other players available and things like that, he wouldn't be in the squad. So 
is Harry Maguire going to want to hang around knowing that? So I don't, it's, it's bizarre. We'll out, it? 24 hours. Yeah, it's bizarre, mate. If United go into this season now, if they don't make any more signings, I think they got issues. And that's weird because a couple of weeks ago, I thought they were, if they got Amrabat in and one more, I thought they were really well set up. They need a striker. They need a striker. They need the striker. This fucking distinguished Hoyland. This injured striker that they've got. This young striker. They need him back playing ASAP. What a game! To make his debut in, mate. If he comes and plays yeah. on the weekend, a bit too much of a big game. But you never know. You know if he's running, I hope he needs to hit the ground running because all the forwards over the years that have come, I think over the years is as. As far as back as Andy Cole, Dwight York, then Ru Van Nistelrooy, then um, Wayne Rooney, uh, Tevez, Van Persie, they all hit the ground running. Like first or second game scoring goals. So for a striker, you need to score goals. If it goes like four or five games, yeah. you know, he's a young lad. So he, he needs to score early. And hopefully he does. And it would be no better time to put. Yeah. Score on Sunday. So comes on, or he, he comes on for like thirty minutes and scores the winner. You know what I mean? You just be a hero straight away, and that—that's what I mean about getting the ground running. Do you know though? Is I like I agree with you. I don't think he probably starts. I think he comes off a bench. However, United have been super secretive about if he's trained this week, which I think might indicate that you might see him starting. Well, he's been picked for the international, so that yeah. indicates fit. No. And his and his injury and his injury was a very vague. Um, it wasn't like a he's got a stress fa- stress fracture. It was there's a hot spot which could lead to a stress fracture. So I mm. wondered how much is it just he wasn't quite match fit and they've you know just been just been getting him, you know helping him along a bit and giving him some time to settle into the team and the area and and all this. So I'm going to be interested, mate, because. I didn't think Arsenal were very good on the weekend. I got to say, like United were terrible for five minutes, but Arsenal, I thought, were very lucky not to lose to Fulham. It's whoever turns up in these games, and then if they both turn up, then it's. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, the obvious problem for United is under 10 Hag, their away form against the top eight is awful. They drew one game versus the top eight and lost the rest. That's problematic. I mean, away from home. That's problematic form, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They've got to do something about that this year or they're going to be nowhere. Um, on the signings front for other clubs... Um, Fatty from uh, Barcelona has gone to um, by Brighton. I think that's a that could potential. You can't say it's a clever signing now because he might not come off because he is he hasn't played a great deal of football over the last year or so. But you know, going back eighteen months, he was one of the hottest rated players in the world. He had a one billion dollar release clause. Like he's clearly got some talent. It's whether. That this last year or so of not really playing, as how much that affected him. I I just wish he was Welsh, so we could all everyone would just call him Fatty. Um, but look, that's a clever signing if it comes off, and let's be honest, because he he's clearly got some sort of ability because he's in Barcelona's first team squad for the at such a young age. That for them to stick in such a big release clause clearly states that they thought he was going to be something special. It hasn't quite developed into that but he's so young that i don't think you know you can't you can't write him off if he comes to brighton it's a great signing mate i think i think it's a great time it's gonna take time to adjust if you you know the league is a lot different premier league but you know he's got he's obviously got a really good coach and a good team to go into so just needs to settle down uh, acclimate to to acclimate to all the surroundings and you know Mm -hmm. like i say if he hits the ground running but, um, Is there yeah, any way Brighton can get in the top four this year? Yes, yes. 
this. We'll talk about the Champions League groups in a minute, but did you see uh, Newcastle's fucking hell? They couldn't have got a worse group, I don't think. Uh, they'll, they'll do well at home then. They'll do well at home. I mean, they ain't getting out of that group. I'm sorry. No, no, but they'll do better than people think at home. Yeah, Except oh yeah. That yeah. is difficult, especially in the winter months. These these foreign teams won't want to go to Newcastle. Mate, no. it's frigging freezing. Yeah, I think I just I start to think you've got some sort of um agenda against Newcastle, mate. You don't I've like got no much. agenda, but I've been just agenda, the weather going there in, in December, <laughs> January, because you come out and you can't feel your toes. Yeah. Um Reese's mum says Harry Maguire hasn't been the same since the Greek incident. Do you agree with that? hundred percent. Couldn't agree anymore. I've said that I've said that loads of times anyway. I'm the man. There was no talk to him for two years, and then suddenly this happens. Then boom. Mm, yeah, I, I accept it. It certainly played a part in some some fashion, haven't it? Um, it shouldn't, but yeah, it just it happened. Um, so Graven back is uh, gone to Liverpool. I think that's a great side. I think he'll do so well for Klopp. He will. He's exactly the type of player which Klopp will do well with coaching and and he's a quality player mate he's just couldn't get in the buy-in team it's um again be very interesting to see how he develops because they desperately needed that sort of deep lion midfielder however he's not an out and out like a casemiro like a defensive mid, like a cdm he's more of a like a frankie dion like probing and so i i still think they're lacking a bit of defensive cover in the middle of the park but there's still a day left and i think you'll see United, Liverpool, maybe some others. What does this say about Spurs, by the way, that Fatty, or should I say Fatty, was, uh, he agreed terms with Spurs and Brighton, but chose to go to Brighton? The coach, you know, coach the big deal. The coach is one of them up and coming coach. I think you'll see he'll be the, one, the next big one to lead to, to a big club. Because mm. he's very good football it, with that team. What he was doing last year, uh, and how they were playing. Even look at the stats; they were the second best possession-based team behind Manchester City. And it was very good to watch as well, and effective. So he carries on with that. You had, you had Danny Welbeck looking like looking will be up front. Mm. Yeah, they're not, not disrespecting Danny Welbeck. No, no, I know, no, 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 but you know. He, he, he calls United proper problems last year. Danny Welbeck and Brighton did so. Yeah, Danny Welbeck on his day, I think, is uh, quite an. Yeah, he's handful because he's tall, he's big, he's quick, he's lank, he's got a good touch, he can score, he can get hold of it, so he can do everything you, you want in a striker. He just gets injured a lot. Well, yeah. you know, he just tends to get a, a few injuries now and again. But yeah. he's a he's a striker. What you classic Premier League strike. You can do a lot, basically. Yeah, spot on, mate. I, um, I, I meant to ask you, sorry, about the Spurs fullback who looks like he's going to United. Um, Sergio Reglion, um, obviously at Madrid previously, um, was absolutely outstanding at Madrid, to be fair. And United were linked with him when he left, but they they ultimately, they pipped for uh, Tellez because he was cheaper. And then obviously, he's gone to there. He, uh, he's gone to Spurs. It, he did all right for a bit, and then new managers come in, and you know what it's like. They don't fancy the player, and he's on the bench. Spurs look like they're on the up at the minute. You know, they started well, yeah, playing the Spurs way. Um, but yeah, they decently beat us convincingly. But we were we were very good. But there'll be tougher tests along on on the way. Of, for the Spurs, but it's a great start for him. And I was doubtful of this manager coming from Scotland, but you know, they look very good as well. Yeah. And the, the, do you know, the weird thing is, um, so a couple of days ago, it looked like um, Cucurella was going from Chelsea to United on loan. It was all set. They'd agreed a loan fee and everything. And then Chelsea played him in the Car Carabao Cup yesterday, which means he's, uh, cup tied from not just the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. So what United then said was that they would take him until January, but they only wanted to loan him till January. But from the player's point of view, 
if he goes to United, he can't play for another club this year because you can only play for you can't play for three clubs in the same league, or I think it might even be three clubs. So he'd have had to sit on a bench at Chelsea for the rest of the season. So Chelsea said, no, no, you've got to take him on for the full season. United said, well, no, because he can't play in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. And then now they've moved on to uh, this guy from Spurs, Reglion. It's really weird, mate, because I didn't really see the benefit of Chelsea playing Cucurella in the Carabao Cup yesterday, knowing that he was on the brink of going on loan to United, other than to cup tie him on purpose, maybe. I thought but, they was looking at Rico Henry as well, which I would have welcomed as well. But obviously this Cucurella... Well, they've linked. Yeah. I mean, they've been linked with like every left back under the sun. I mean, no, no, last no, no. week is crazy. Why aren't they giving Alvaro Alvaro Fernandez a go? I thought he looked pretty good in preseason. Pass. Do you think it's Pass. just the pressure? Do you think it's just the pressure of having him as your first choice? Pressure to go in for Arsenal against Arsenal against who will it be? Saka. Come on. But they could no, play. Yeah. Da- they could play Dallo on yeah, Sunday, and they, and they probably will play Dallo there. But you know, for the for the for going on, mm. just don't fancy it. Some managers don't fancy it. Some managers do. It's the way it is. Yeah, it's a weird one, mate. Um, I wanted to talk to you uh, about Arsenal a little bit because, like I said earlier, I wasn't particularly impressed with them on the weekend. I thought they looked. You know, at the end of last year, they looked mentally soft. You know, they looked like Party and Jinchenko and these players. They all looked mentally shot. And I thought they looked quite similar in the second half against Fulham. They they play in this weird, they had like um I think it was was it Party was in defense and and Havertz in midfield. Do you ask you a question, right? Do you think sometimes Mikala Teta tries to be too clever? Like yeah. he over, overthinks it, you know? Yes, yes. And and, play, and tries to play players where they really can't play. Oh, they not can't play. They just haven't got it yet. You know, if you, we've seen it, it can work if if a, a defender comes into midfield and he's really comfortable on the ball and can become a midfielder and become that extra man. But you know, it, it takes work. And even though midfielders are playing at right back and coming in, it's they're still starting at a different position. It's you know, it should be easy because everything's in front. Of you. you can see it, but. Just it's just one that you've got to work on positional wise. Do you think that his um like the comparisons that he gets towards him and Pep, do you think that's part of why he's trying to over like or why he overthinks it so much? Because no, it's that... just it's just, it's just that there's a there's a there's a philosophy there and they've obviously got the, the, the kind of the same philosophy mm. to, to try and get extra man in midfield to to, to give overloads and They've obviously worked together, and you know, when you work together, you pick up little bits from different coaches and different managers. Yeah, so that's what he's, pretty, he's probably done. And you know, yes, it is. It's kind of like Pep's, but he'll, he'll have his own kind of style. But that's what you do as a coach, or as 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 a as a manager, as you're going on as as a player, you you, you see coaches and you think, oh, that's good, oh, that that didn't work, so I'll leave it. And that's how you go through. And when you into coach, you. you you, you, you think about them experiences and, and implement into, into your coach, the manager, or not, if it's a negative one. So, um, I will die on the hill, mate, that Kai Havertz is not a central midfielder. I No one will convince me otherwise. Well, I don't think he's a central midfielder. He's more of a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a number 10 in it. Number, number, yeah. yeah. But, but he's, he's playing him, he's playing him as an eight, mate. Uh, you know, he's playing Rice and then. Habits and again, mate, they might have seen something in him and they try to change him, and that'll take time. But because he's obviously not great at goal scoring, but they've paid 60 odd million for something, so so I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that time that I'm no nothing, nothing shows me that it's gonna be a good signing, but I'm, I'm willing to give that one time because he's, he's he's got good touches, he's got something, it just you know, some needs to be yeah. better, a lot better, maybe but, the, like. Arteta sees. You're telling me Havertz is a, is is it more expensive than Scott McTominay? Is a, you know well, what I mean? This is, this is what I mean. It doesn't make any sense. But then also, like with Havertz, I think and and look, the Arsenal fans, you know what they're like. 
they were in full flow after the Fulham game. Martinelli is shit, according to them. Uh, Havertz is a waste of money. Party should get out of the club. Saka is the only one that doesn't get any grief. Um, who else was it? Saliba, Ramsdale. They're all, you know, it's three games into a season, man. Yeah, um, fans in it. That's that's modern modern society as well. These days, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't get all this crap. But it's social media. It's just so pressure. More pressure. Has social media has social media ruined football fans in terms of everything's instant, so it's just you get idiots who are more vocal and get heard, or have football fans' knowledge got worse over the years? Yeah, it's got worse because you, um, you, you get people talking about it really don't understand but then you you obviously get people it's got its plus and its minuses you just got to weigh out which is the pluses and which is the minuses because yeah. yes there's a lot there's a lot of there's because i can't be say oh just because you know play the game you know that's wrong it's just mm. it's absolute rubbish you can because of course you can be able to know the game if you haven't played it but you just got a better insight if you have played it at any higher level that's all and you know the ins and outs and how it really works but and um, then you also get people like Agbong Lahore and Jamie O'Hara and you know these yeah, no, that, they're, they're just working and getting for clickbaits aren't they yeah. and, and ultimately the, 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 you know, the bits of people and mm. really wouldn't be there if, any, if the careers went the, the way they wanted to so yeah it's, you don't really take a notice to people like that and I also think um, there's like it is like a tale of two sides because while social media has created these fans who are like instant and toxic and all the rest of it but you can also there's certain youtube channels where you can get some of the best football analysis in the world in terms of like breakdowns of tactics and all sorts like there's some incredible work done by some people who you know who are not professional footballers never been professional footballers but they've they understand so, so in a, in a, if given a percentage i'd say like 70 percent was plus and 30 no 75 percent was plus 25 percent was minus because you, you get these idiots these, these, yeah these clowns you know just do it you know some of them aren't even fans of their own club they just yeah yeah just so slate them don't they um reese says arsenal wanted 50 million for balligan he went for 35 they need cover at the back they're playing party at right back. They're sending uh, tyranny out on loan to Sociedad, whilst also trying to sell Emil Smith Rowe. It feels like they're desperate for cash, but they're not addressing the issues. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's uh, the Arsenal. It's like, on one hand, you think, oh, their window's going quite well, and then suddenly they just look a bit disjointed again. But. Well, uh, they, they they they'll need more. They'll need more. They've got they've made some good signings. You know, habits ones. I've yet to see it, but like I say, I'm gonna give it time. Rice would be a very good signing. Keep of it be a very good signing. So I'm not a really big fan of Ramsdale, but um, you know, they've been had, had a tough injury with it with Timbo, who's gone out in the first game. Which he was gonna be a good player for him. So but they've lost some players early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like same as United, haven't it? United have lost two left backs. They've lost Varane, um, Mount. There's all sorts going on. It's interesting. Like, so as of today, so what are we twenty to nine, including injuries? Who, in your opinion, has the best chance of coming? You know, finishing second behind City. So you look at the signings Liverpool have made, United have made. Chelsea, I think Chelsea got the best chance because they just spend, spend, spend until they get it right. They will get it right eventually because they've bought so much. And once they, they, they saw that puzzle out, um, they, and they got they, no they, European football of So, Chelsea comes in, it's the ground running, scores a few goals. Next minute, you're number, you're number nine strike for Chelsea. Yeah, what do you think of that Cole Palmer going to Chelsea? Forty-five million. He's to play football, doesn't he? But you no, know, going to Chelsea, he's going to have the same opportunity to do it at City. 
you know, he's got, a, like you say, you got a goal there and hit the ground running. You go there, you play, you score a few goals, make a few assists. You play more. You go in, you get there, you don't. You're just one of the one of the few at, at Chelsea. So this is what I'm saying about going into a club and hit the ground running. Uh, you become a fan's favourite straight away. And you get a little bit of leeway, but ultimately you want to be playing. So you come in and score in your first game, you're gonna you're gonna play again. So like so it's all about getting into that that, that new club and, and hitting the ground running and, and, and doing well and scoring goals or making assists or doing whatever you do, whatever you pay to do. Yeah, I am um, also want to ask you about the Champions League draw. Um, very interesting, like in terms of just the, the some of the English teams. Like Man City got a really quite uh, a quite nice draw, to be quite honest. I think um, I think that's the best way to put it. Like you can't, there's no other way to to put it. I'm going to bring it up on the screen just because it's easier for us to uh, have a look at. What, you, what as a United fan, like what did you make of United's group? Tricky, um, right? But obviously Bayern will be tricky home and away. Copenhagen, I think, should be okay. But Galatasaray, they'll, they'll be they'll be tough away from home. Galatasaray, but you know you win your home games, and I can see at least nine points there. I mean, it's just where you get the others from. If if nine points is enough, but I definitely see two home wins and, and possibly a home and away win against Copenhagen. So there's nine points. It's just can you? Get a, a, an away win or a home win against Bayern and a away win against Galatasaray. I think realistically, United should finish at least second in that group, shouldn't they? Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Bayern and Harry Kane will be interesting. Um, and obviously, you know, we're saying this: the window isn't closed. United could do some business. Who knows? Um, then you've got the next group would be in Seville, Arsenal, PSV, and Lons. I think that's a pretty simple group for Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah, you would fancy Arsenal to win that group. Yeah, Seville. Seville's tough. PSV away is probably difficult. Although PSV, I think that's Ruud van Nistelrooy, though, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, he left, though, didn't he? Didn't he? Oh, like, left, okay. I don't know, yeah, I think so. But, like, Seville, home and away is difficult, but I still expect Arsenal to win. PSV away, I think it will be tricky, but you still expect Arsenal to get no, there. I'd expect them to win that comfortably. Yeah, I think so. Um, group C, uh, not a bad group. Napoli, well, I'll say that, actually, it's an easy group for the two. You've got Napoli and Madrid, and then Braga and... Uh, well, Union Berlin won't be pushovers. Who did they sign? They signed someone big this week, didn't they? Who yeah, did they, they won't be all pushovers, so it won't be easy, especially... Union Berlin signed. They signed someone... Um, they signed someone yesterday who was uh, Benici. Italian defender. Oh, yeah, but uh, he, obviously he's old, and he. But he's forty-eight. Yeah, he's about sixty-two, and he. But um, yeah, I, I, who do you think wins that group, Madrid or Napoli? Madrid. Madrid looks look been looking good. Fancy you burning him on fire, mate, didn't he? Yeah, What's no. that? Uh, that one. That one's up for grabs there. Oh, you know, you fancy Inter, but Benfica looks strong. Real Sociedad. Uh, so yeah, that's that's not a gimme for anyone there. So that one's up for grabs. Yeah, I think uh, then you've got Group E. You've got Feyenoid, Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid, Lazio, and Celtic. I don't yeah, think Celtic. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, Celtic win, could win a couple there. Celtic at home is impossible. Yeah, it's tough, tough. Yeah, Paris, Dortmund, Milan, Newcastle. Ew. Well, Paris aren't the team that they were last year. There's yeah, no name to nice. deal with. There's no Messi to deal with. So, but we only got Mbappe to deal with. So, Dortmund, you know, they're not as strong as they, they have been. But even though they'll be very strong, Milan always strong in the Champions League. So, yeah, but Newcastle will surprise a few there at home. Yeah, I mean they might pick up some points at home. I agree, but. The thing with Paris, mate, is you whilst you make a great point, you know, it's Messi, it's Neymar, you know, these are historically some of the best players that have played in the modern era. I would argue that the transfer business they've done, their squad overall is better to have a good run at the Champions League, better suited to have a good run at the Champions League than they were last year, excluding obviously Messi. Um, they've got Donnarumma in goal, they've got 
Navas as a backup keeper. Um, yet they've still got Mbappe. As it stands, they've got Verratti, although I think he's going to go. They've got Marquinhos and Kim Kimpembe at the back. Um, they signed... Um, oh, what was his, What's that midfielder who everyone wanted? They got that. Uh, Wijnaldum, who used to play for Liverpool. Um, they, they've got a lot of very, very good players and they've done some intelligent business this year. And I actually expect them to do better in the Champions League now than they have in the previous couple of years with all the Galacticos. They've made some really clever signings. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's early days, isn't it? But that's a difficult group, mate. So if I say that, I expect them to do well. They could go out with that group. They could, they could miss out on Europa League, even. Because the team which finished third goes in the Europa League. But, I mean, if I told you now we had a time machine and I told you that Dortmund won that group and Milan finished second and Newcastle finished third. I mean, it wouldn't exactly be a, you know, oh my God, that's like groundbreaking, shocking stuff, isn't it? No, no, you won't be surprised. Told you won't be surprised because they, they, they won't be used to playing that kind of quality in 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 France. No, especially in the early parts of the Champions League, like it's, they won't be used to it. Um, so they signed they signed uh, Milan Skriner at the back. He's obviously a quality defender. They signed Ugarte, who's a very, very good defensive midfielder. Rafinha, um, who used to play for Leeds. They got um, Dembele, Icardi, Mbappe, you know, Asensio from Madrid. They got some very, very good players. Draxler, like what a squad that is. And I think they're more balanced than they've ever been. Um, so then, yeah, who do you think goes through from Group F, mate? I'm going to stick my neck out and say Milan and Newcastle. Interesting. I'm going to go Paris and Newcastle. I've got a feeling that Newcastle will win their home games and then pick up a draw in Germany or Milan and just make it interesting. They might sneak through, you know. Um, group G, Man City's group is ridiculous. I mean, they just won the treble. They just won everything. They could not have got a better group. Oh my god, Leipzig won't be easy away from home, but other than that, maybe. at this point, they may as well just pull out Leipzig and Man City in the same number in the draw. And they're yeah. always together. Um, Barcelona, Porto, as well, easy that one, yeah. That's it. So, what's the what's we finish the way that's lined up there? Yeah, Newcastle's the group of death, isn't it? I think, um, that's the yeah. hardest group, yeah. yeah. I think it's not hardly the group of death because the teams aren't really. That's strong, but it's just big names, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's difficult to pick out the top two. No, Dortmund have been in the Champions League for, for forever. Won it. Paris, all right, they've not won it, but they've been in it and strong and always got to the last stages. And Milan have always been a Stonewall in the Champions League, won it multiple times. So, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult, difficult, but not as, not as strong as it would be 20 years ago. Yeah, and I think... Even though Paris would be a gimme there. 20 years ago. Yeah, well, it would have been. Yeah. And 20 years ago, you were playing like Kaka, Costa Curta. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, mate. It's all interesting. Um, I just don't see Celtic. Uh, like, they might... But maybe, like, a team like Celtic, they're looking at their group and they're thinking, well, if we can get third, we're in, you know, in the... You go like you drop it. I think the still shot in the home games, the home games, and see if you can nick one. Because Celtic Park, like I say, it's tough. And you go up there as well in the in the if it's the winters, winter months. If it goes into January, if you're playing before, yeah, that, it's not easy. Uh, it's cold up there. It's noisy, and it's um, you always do well there. I remember United going up there multiple times, and would draw or or you no know, got beat once. So. It's not easy, and they were strong sides. United took that took up there as well. Yeah, and I think like Newcastle and Celtic in particular, they're so difficult to play in their own places that, like you say, some of those, some of the the teams from around Europe, they won't fancy it at all. And look, Newcastle have got some very very good players. I know they've had a bit of a wobble the last two games, but they have got some very very good footballers. They started really well, and. I think you write them off would be silly, even in that tough group. 
but it, of course it's going to be hard isn't it it's going to be hard let's be honest um yeah. right super six predictions for this week my friend um, um let's have a look <coughs> first game up is man city versus fulham at manchester city four nil three one i've gone uh chelsea at home to nottingham forest uh, 2-0 Chelsea I've gone 3-1 Chelsea Burnley at home to Spurs 3-1 3-1 3-1 Chelsea I've gone yeah so you've got 3-1 City 3-1 Chelsea yeah wait till you hear my next prediction um, no. Burnley versus Spurs Spurs 2-1 I've gone Burnley 1 Spurs 3 um Brighton versus Newcastle at Brighton. 4-2, Brighton. Oof. That's a prediction and a half, isn't it? Uh, I've gone safe bet there, one all. Palace versus Wolves. 1-0, Palace. 2-1, uh, Wolves. And finally, the big game of the weekend, Arsenal at home to Manchester United. Score draw, 2-2. I've gone 4-2 to, uh, to Arsenal. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. United are going to miss Varane, and I've got a I've got a nagging feeling that old Harry Maguire is going to come out to play, and then you've got a problem. So, yeah. Um, um, right, top five bands to ever come out of Manchester, my friends. Uh, Oasis, Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, Charlatans. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. No joy division. Who? No joy division. Not for me. James. James. There you go. Bosh. James. Quality. Mostly known. All laid. Few. Few great songs. Absolute bangers, mate. I um, yeah. I went to watch Oasis in the in Cardiff, and James supported them, mate. And then um, James were better than Oasis. Just, yeah. Just fucking awesome. I went to, I went to Oasis once and smashed the city stadium and got pissed thrown all over me and never went back. I ain't going to say again. Never again. People never. pissing in pirate pots and throwing it. Yeah. Not for me. Not for me. I was like, what's going on here? For the, for the millennium, for the millennium, New Year's Eve, I went to the Manic Street Preachers concert in the Millennium Stadium and uh, I left at about half 10, 11. And saw in the new year in like a pub next door because it was so shit. You had to queue yeah. for literally like two hours to get a beer. You were only allowed to buy two beers at a time. So you couldn't even queue up for your mates and get like or like a couple of you and get like oh, yeah. loads. It was just it was shit. And I I was said I'd never go back to a stadium to watch a gig again. It was absolutely yeah, it's, the only, it's the only ever one I've, I think the only ever one I've been to the most uh, Oasis one at City Stadium. I'm trying to think which others have been to. I'm not really a big concert guy. I went to Snoop Dogg at the MEN. Was that good? And, uh, what? Was that good? That got shut down. Uh, someone, Did let, someone let a firearm off. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah. And, yeah. And the speaker weren't working properly, so Snoop went off. So, yeah. As soon as the gun went off, that was it. Because it went off because the, the speakers weren't working. Snoop wasn't happy. He was saying that, and then suddenly it kicked off and back, back, Gunchester back in them days, wasn't it? So, yeah. And then what was the last one? Um, was that, was it a gun from the crowd or was it from his yeah, entourage? Yeah, yeah, come from the crowd, yeah. Um, um, I'll take that. Managed to pick, uh, fucking hell, talk about extremes. Lancaster, Lanc that was the best one, you know. Lancashire Cricket Club it was in the summer, Old Trafford. That outside in the summer, it was nice, nice summer evening. And um, yeah, I better say that. Sweet. I tell you what, I did go to, which was good in the summer, 
was um, the Mighty Boosh Festival. That was flipping awesome. It was no, the best thing I've been to is, is music-wise was I went to uh, Glastonbury uh, a long time ago. And that was because it got so much variety, and you know, yeah, you know, you listen to David Gray and then you listen uh, to and then you got the streets there, yeah, 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 it was amazing. Open cinemas, any food you want, good vibe, families mooching about. It is big, but yeah, what was was, um. What do you think of the best band you've seen or best artist you've seen play live in terms of the quality of their voice and that sort of thing? Well, that's the only three people I've seen live. What do you mean? Uh, All right, so we, so take that was the best live, were they? No, I mean, it was just like the best. Yeah, atmosphere. Well, not necessarily the best, but no, I'd rather listen to Oasis than, than yeah. take that. But. Best, best band I ever saw live, um, Jamiroquai. Well, they were incredible. Put it on the other day. Put it on the other day at work and all the kids like, hey, what's this? You don't realise it's like 30 years old. Yeah. It's mental, mate, isn't it? Like yeah, it just... I was just choir when I was at Torquay on my first year apprenticeship because that's when it just come out. And it was 1993, 1994. It's mad that isn't how long ago oh, that yeah. is. Jesus Christ. That, that's when he come out. And it was massive. Um, I remember that like that. Yes. Um, Gabrielle Dreams. Yeah. All uh, uh, oh, that you want is another bit. All oh, that. Oh, Ace that. of Base. Yeah, Ace of Base. Uh, Shaggy, Shabba. <laughs> Good spot. Prop. Uh, oh, yeah. I tell you what, James, mind you, James Live was probably up there, but they were James, sort of seeing the support James. act. But um, they so they got so many. Bands. I was told by my family member the best that had been a lot of people. The best person they seen live was Michael Jackson. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the same thing. Um, that was losing Cardiff, the old Arms Park, or when he did Cardiff. Yeah, do you know who was the worst I seen? And it was I was so gutted because he was he is one of my don't say, like, don't say Tom Jones, Ian Brown, mate. Oh, oh all right, yeah. Mate, we were. Do you know what? Right. It was. Can't barely sing. They just got good bands. You know what I mean? Not. Yeah. But you know, in the studio, you make anyone. So I went when um, when he brought out his first album, My Style, and it and it was a good album, Wicked. I was so excited because I had been, I had just missed the roses. So I was like, I'm finally going to get to see Ian Brown. It's going to be wicked, and like for the first like 40 minutes of his gig he was so bad mate so bad it was embarrassing and then i just got to a point i'd had a couple of beers and i was just like you know what fuck this like this is this is my one of my heroes one of my favorite singers whatever i'm going down the front and i'm just going to enjoy it and embrace it and he got better as he went on and like me and my mate just went down the front and just uh got involved in the madness and it turned into a good night like but as a he's singing but that was back in the day when he didn't use to warm up his voice and that so apparently he's got better over the years uh in the live performances but he's quite renowned for it isn't he as uh not being the best live I'll tell you what beautiful south there with these they're from the north were they from the northwest yeah i think they're somewhere around then aren't they yeah um who else the farm they were good live Cortina's from Manchester. Yeah, they're not bad. They're supposed to be quite good live as well. Eight to eight states. That's who I would. I'd have liked to have seen that. Seen that. Seen them do a little bit of dance music, bit of house music. The guy called Gerald. Banger. Right, mate. We've already gone over our forty-five minutes. So, um, as always, mate, appreciate you. Uh, I'm gonna film my Cardiff City versus uh, whoever they're playing on Saturday's uh, preview now. Because um, I couldn't do it earlier because I had a puncher in my car. And uh, away we go. What are you up to on the weekend? Um, Golf. No, football. Charity game? Uh, no, um, Darwin. Ooh, a big game, is it? Uh, yeah. Sweet. 
Yeah, big game. We've just just been crap at recently, so yeah, need to turn it around. But see what happens. Oh, maybe you didn't even talk about Salford. Apparently, it's your former club. No. Through to the next round. I thought they were going to get you nine years ago. I'm starving. Right, go on, go feed yourself, mate. Um, But guys, check out the Cardiff preview tomorrow. Also check out Sugar and Silk Boxing Podcast. In a bit, Sports Social Podcast Network.